The thing is not how you are on your best days, how can you step up on your worst day? When everything is going terrible, when you're tired, when you're frustrated, when you're edgy, how do you treat other people? Fuck pain, fuck heartbreak. I'm still in love with life. From the multicultural headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking states of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Dows Podcast. On this episode, we hear all about Danielle, Savannah, and Iz making their way down south for a Thanksgiving adventure in Tulum, Mexico, exploring ancient Mayan ruins, swimming in cenotes in the jungle, and enjoying amazing fresh tuna ceviche were all a part of the journey. Danielle prefers days of relaxing on the beach in the sun, reading with occasional dips in the Atlantic, followed by the tough choices of mojito or pina colada. It all makes for a great story. And here we go. And now, asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers. And my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle finger of the gods, Danielle Bolelli. As we invite you to lower the lights, batten down the hatches, and prepare to open your mind. For the Drunken Dows podcast begins now. Welcome back, everybody, to another fine episode of the Drunken Dows podcast. This is episode 248, and not a lot of uh, grimness in this one. This is all about somebody's Mexican vacation, and I must admit, I might be a touch jealous. Not so bad, And huh? the pictures coming out of this are really ridiculous. Yeah, you know, I got Montezuma revenge and I got beat by more mosquitoes than I thought could exist on Earth. Mm-hmm. But that's me trying to temper your jealousy because who am I kidding? It was fucking awesome. Nice. Everything was amazing. You'll hear all about it. <laughs> Having said that, let's couple of things before we get going. One, this is exciting. Um, I like to, uh, you may have remember a couple of former guests of ours, Albert Ohanian and Dan Miller. They came at separate times. I remember both of them. I introduced them to one another, and together it's time to start this company called purestmushrooms.com. That's where you find... There's like... All kind of mushroom powders, lion mane, all the healthy, good stuff that's associated with mushrooms. I'm going to give you guys a whole spiel about it, probably in the next episode. Right now, is I don't even... I think like they start uh, ordering and they officially open in about a week or two. Nice. So by the time you check out the website, it may be functional or it may be just a few days away. But uh, check it out. It's uh, I'm excited about it. Purestmushrooms.com. Um, I'll tell you a lot more about it in the episodes to come. But well, I wonder if they have a special float take blend. Right. Take this an hour before you get in. Yeah, because that's uh, Albert was, um, if you recall, like he came also to talk about floating when he had float clinic. Now this is a new exciting adventure. So check them out, purestmushrooms.com. Nice. Also, shout out to the sweet folks at, of course, Shore Design, who have been with us forever, and the Dakota Pure Bison for sending some incredibly bison meat over. Mm. 
If you are in the market for any of that stuff, steak, ground bison, jerky, or any of that type of thing, use code HOF10 at dakotapurebison.com. Again, HOF10 for a 10% off at dakotapurebison.com. Shall we say thank you to the sweet folks who have been supporting us? Absolutely. Some for a decade plus. Let the pottering begin. So the sweet folks keeping us in business are Stephen McKee, Daniel Fischel, Jonathan Waterloo, John Guffin, Paul Donato, Stephen Notariani, Ryan Merklin, Keegan Walsh, Nick Zunik, Aistis Juska, Joseph Lord, Nicola Tony, GlobalHobos.com. It feels like a few new names in there. Yeah, there are definitely a couple of new people in there, and we appreciate it deeply. If you want to join this brave band of heroes, you can always either PayPal me either at my email address which is B as in boy, O, D as in Daniele, H as in Hawaii, I as in Iowa, 1974yahoo.com. Again, it's B-O-D-H-I-1974yahoo.com or also paypal.me forward slash dbolelli. Those are always good options. Using our Amazon link is also a good option if you're doing Amazon shopping, might as well. Anything else we need to jump into? I'm just realizing it'll be 2024. You got a big birthday coming up next year. Yeah, I sure do. Be here in a damn second. Just, um, yeah, a few weeks, not that long. Wow. Yeah, that's all I got. Cool. Let's get going. went to mexico i sure did check Uh, this out yeah this is the genesis of the story about six months ago i get a message on instagram um somebody reaching out telling him telling me hey i listen to history on fire i really love it and uh i'm a musician here in mexico and we start chatting back and forth and he sent me some of his music and we chat a little and i like the guy you know he sound really cool And then he goes like, oh, and by the way, my family owns a hotel here in Tulum. So anytime you guys want to come, you are are my guests. Nice. And I was like, I hope you meant it because we're coming. (laughs) So, (laughs) and um, and it was, it was crazy, man, because he was um, like, Sad, like I think honestly, I mean, the, having this experience of being able to go somewhere where you get, yeah, you pay for the flight, yes, you pay for food, but other than that, you get to stay for free helps a lot with yeah, traveling. I would think, which has been a lot of my travel as of late, has been uh, like when I traveled this summer, I was uh, friends' houses. When you know, it's been a lot of this stuff where I just, I'm, I guess, people being extremely nice to me making uh, the possibility of traveling so much easier and so much more affordable i would say but in this case it was trippy because i unlike every other case where is you know long time friends who leave me their house or something this is a case where i just did not know this person you know 
and uh, we got there and so I think even possibly from his part there was a sense of like oh shit I hope this guy is nice so let's see how it goes you know let's see if he's not some entitled asshole who won the red carpet when he arrives or something oh man and um, that's funny so neither of you knew what no was I mean you know you get a sense you know you might exchange messages back and forth for a few months you get a sense of somebody but of course it's different when you are face to face and you get uh, the careful what you ask for <laughs> insanely nice guy like it's hard to put into words how nice he and his family are he's just in fact when he was uh, at the end like uh, he shot us a text as we were on the plane like uh, hey uh, my mom was asking what was your favorite part of the whole trip and we did not have to lie or stretch it when we said mainly you guys because honestly you know we saw beautiful things we did fun stuff but hanging out with him and his family was by far the the best part they were just such nice human beings and apparently they knew all the cool places to go yeah well it doesn't hurt that the the we weren't able to stay at the same place the entire time because it's kind of high season there for tourism right now because sure. summer in mexico is brutal it's insanely hot so most people don't really go but uh, this time of the year is when you get, you know, a little less mosquitoes, a little less heat. So it's the ideal time, right? And um, so, but the first few days we were uh, in this hotel that's in this natural, uh, natural reserve. Oh, man. Where, I kid you not, I would open the door and I would take maybe 30 steps and my feet would be in the Atlantic Ocean. So the whole night you would wow. hear waves rolling in and uh, you would feel they are going to take down the house kind of thing because you feel them not that far from you. Wow. Incredible. Uh, well, it's funny too because the, it, it's a place like that in an Ethereum reserve. You're not dealing with like, uh, like in some way the the lodging is slightly spartan in the sense that like the roof for example is made with palm leaves and stuff like that where at one point during the night savannah wakes up and is like there's something in the room and sure enough there was like a raccoon like creature exploring <laughs> our bags uh, checking uh, can i find some sugar in here is there something i can eat you know it was like going like you could hear it going crink, 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 like crinkling through the paper to see what was in there and this was wasn't like, his first trip inside was no it? and the thing is like you're in the jungle what do you expect of course jaguar so, yeah well <laughs> yeah <laughs> The, um, so that was, it's funny, you know, I, I know that there are people who go there and they're like, wait, it wasn't my uh, Hilton Marriott experience I want. And it's like, well, you're going to the wrong place. It's like the beauty of it is the nature of it all. Hell but to yeah. me, that's a hotel like this is a hundred times better than the ultimate fancy red carpet kind of place. Yeah. So I was such a blast. It was, um, and I had, oh, I should mention this one. I had an interesting conversation with Isabel about this because um, the first day we basically just laid there on the beach, just enjoyed and nothing else. And by day two, Izzy's like, look, this is paradise. It looks amazing. It feels amazing. But now what? You know, it's like <laughs> there's that feeling of like adventure experience. I want to see this. And don't get me wrong, as we are going to talk about it in a bit, we did see stuff. But also I took his as like, no, 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 time out. You're missing the point here. To me, the point is, and it reminds me of like vacations when I was a little kid in Italy, where even if you have no money, you go to the sea. And what you do is every day, 
your priorities are gonna be lay on the beach go in the water take a swim get out read a book chat with friends and family yep. take another swim eat something good read some more let and, the world drift away and you do that for weeks at a time you know where the whole point is to everything unwinds everything all that mind of like i should do this i should do that we should go there you should no it's like it all goes away where it's like no melt into the sand and the funny thing of what happens when you do that is that your mind shifts in radical ways sure like now all of a sudden you have time to think about huh what do i want to do with my life am i happy with the stuff i'm doing is there anything i could do different is there in a way that there's no way you can do when you're going 500 miles an hour one thing after another after another it's just and so to me that experience i was trying to convey to is is like is the peak of mental health where you just all those pressure all those things that i got to do this i got to do that i have to errand it all goes away and your priority are reading good conversation swimming soaking the sun eat good food that's it that's literally all you do and uh, and these went after a few hours she went oh now i get it oh yes this is awesome this is really relaxing and Wonderful. Yeah, vacation with a giant itinerary is never fun. Which, if you think about it, some of it is structural, right? If you have uh, four to six weeks of vacation in your summer, yeah, yeah, you can do this. If you have uh, two weeks after 50 weeks of working like a dog, you're trying to pack anything you can in as short a little of time as possible. And so, of course, you're going to be like, okay, today we're going to go to this place and at three in the afternoon we're going to go there and that, not, and then you need, you need a vacation for the vacation because while it probably was fun in terms of seeing places. Yeah, you're just so fast overdoing it. Don't get to appreciate it. Yeah, it's not a, it's a, tra it's an adventure vacation. It's not a relax and enjoy vacation, you know? Yeah, I don't think I know what that is. Yeah, and, and that's what I mean about culture, right? Because it's like, of course, you know, if you have money and you go to some fancy resort in Sardinia, which is one of the prime places in Italy where people go with money, well, I mean, good for you, that's awesome. But like, broke as people, and I mean really broke, unless you are at the bottom 5% in terms of money, if you are even like really low end, you still get some cheap ass place by the sea. The sea you're gonna go to is gonna be way more crowded than somebody else's. You're gonna be kind of elbow to elbow laying down your towel next to somebody who's like two feet away from you kind of you thing. You make a new friend. But you're still doing the same thing. It's doing the same thing in less fancy fashion. Yeah. But you're still doing the same thing even if you are dirt poor. And that's one thing that I love about how I grew up in Italy. That even in, this wasn't a privilege thing. This was that everybody does this thing. And uh, man, I love that, you know. Whereas, yeah, I mean, if you are in many other places where the culture doesn't lead to that, it is a privilege thing and you don't get to do it unless. Mm, no, it seems incredible. You Italians need to get your work ethic figured out because why you want to take all these weeks off seems yeah. to be outrageous. Exactly. It's, it's, 
ugye egy Italians where the Savannah wants to piss me off, she does the Brad Pitt accent in Inglorious Bastards. I don't know if you remember, there's a toward the end of Inglorious Bastards, Brad Pitt has to pretend to be an Italian. Oh, and, uh, I want know, my scalps. Exactly, he speaks with, and uh, he's all like, grazie, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> anytime Savannah wants to get a reaction from me, she goes that route. I saw a clip of him the other day. I don't know what it was. All these little videos now. Those are terrible things, too, these 20-second videos. Mm -hmm. Everybody's attention span is going to be even more whittled down. But it was Brad Pitt talking about like his second job ever as an extra, and he was just serving wine at a table, and he decided, well, I'm going to try to get myself a line in here. And as he was finishing the, the pour of the wine, he said to the actress, can I get you anything else? And she was shocked that this extra dare to speak. speak. And the second AD pulled him aside. He's like, you do that one more time, you're off the set. This is like, you Wait, know. from for asking if somebody needs something? Well, in the scene. Oh, I see what you're saying. Because yeah. he added a line. Not, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not yeah, supposed yeah. to say anything. I see, I see, I see, so I see. That was his first lesson. So he was almost out of there early on. Wow, that's Worked crazy. Worked out okay, I suppose. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know, that's a funny story. That is funny. But yeah, I mean, it is. that's where culture, and I think that's also what traveling does, is seeing how other cultures are, stra- you know, there's a lot you recognize, there's a lot that's familiar, you're like, oh, we do the same thing at home kind of thing, and then you see things that are like, oh, this is totally different. And you learn stuff, both in good and bad, right? You Some things are like, man, I can't wait to get back home, and other things are like, these guys are so much smarter. These guys live better. What did you get from Mexico? Is they, are they more extended vacations? or are they? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, one thing that I loved, and it was totally obvious in the culture with pretty much anybody we interacted with, these guys have a blast socially. You know, it's like everybody's hanging out with friends and family, and you work, and you still hang out with your friends at the end of the day. And, yep. and extremely... Like, you know how there's a big emphasis on customer service in the U.S. and, you know, you smile, you try to be nice, and hopefully you get a good tip kind of thing. Yep. In a lot of parts of Mexico, you get a feel that is genuine, that people are actually interested in how your day is, and uh, they are, because they are treating with their co-workers the same way. And yep. you are like, so there was a sense of just pleasant place of being human just of uh, chit-chatting of exchanging things on that was very very cool i i really enjoyed that part even and it's funny it was funny to see his because uh you know he speaks a tiny bit of spanish from doing it in school and sure. it helps her knowing some italian right so rather than shutting up he's managed to uh when uh we had to get a car, we had to get a driver from the airport to Tulum, which is a long way because the airport is a good hour and a half away. That and, had to be a crazy, crazy little journey. Yeah, that was a pretty solid one. And uh, rather than uh, being quiet, he's found a way to chat with the driver, mostly in Spanish, with some English Spanish back and forth for a solid hour. And uh, that may be an interrogation, not a conversation. No, but even that, the guy was awesome. He was like, Oh, you know, you guys have time one of these days, stop by, you can meet my kid, he's two year old, and uh, wow. we'll go eat something. There's this place that's really good. And, and you know, it's your 
is a dry and of course you know it helps you know you're gonna leave him a tip because you like him and all of that but also there was this sense that if we did say hey yes we are free two days from now let's hang out with your family he would be like here is a seat come on over here is my wife here is my kid let's play let's eat something and how was the food food was awesome I bet. and um two different tracks on the food tulum years ago was uh, a jewel in the middle of nowhere now it's becoming progressively more touristy and so on the food front you do get amazing food that's clearly designed for tourists Certainly. and so is horrendously overpriced like probably a lot of seafood there too yeah but i mean and when i say overpriced i like more expensive than la kind of food wow like ridiculously expensive and then you walk around the street and you find a tiny taco place where pretty much only Maya go eat and you pay a, a dollar for a taco oh and the taco is pretty much the best taco you've ever eaten in your life. And, and so with two, three bucks, you can have a fantastic dinner and, uh, and you're good to go. Really a lot of folks setting up their own little restaurants, yeah, especially Oxnard these <clears throat> days. Yeah. You get that down here at all? There's people setting up taco trucks at night. Is that probably not permitted down here? Yeah, I think I don't see it as much. Yeah, this is surely just here on the sidewalk. But yeah, some of the best food I've ever had is out of these guys that are just yeah setting up and trying to keep it going. But that was funny too. Like we had to ask our friend Pablo who invited us. He was like. We were like, hey, what about this place? He's like, oh, yeah, that place, yes. What about this one? And it looks the same from being a non-local. And he's like, yeah, not that one. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so it's like, you need to know, like, especially when you go for street food, you really need to know the streets. Oh, of and, course. Uh, that makes a big difference. You remember that little raccoon friend? Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's on the menu there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, uh, what did we have that was street? Oh, we had crickets. Oh, wow. Crickets was... Uh, Dried and fried? In a taco. Oh, God. They were yummy. I had them before. It's they were protein. not yummy. Uh, the way they cooked them over here was actually pretty damn good. Extra lime. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lime is uh, rules over everything. But uh, oh, speaking of which, I should mention it to give it a shout out. The hotel that I'm talking about, uh, 30 feet from the water kind of thing, is called Diamante. Okay. Diamante is uh, D-I-A-M-A-N-T as in Tom, E, and then the letter K separate. Man, if, you, if any of you guys end up going to the Tulum area, check it out. That is an experience. It's, uh, it's so cool. And then we stayed at one in town called uh, Agape. That was cool too. But you know, town is different. Town is like you are in a more urban environment and it's, the hotel is great, but it's a different feel, of course. No, being by the ocean like that, it's just got to be incredible. Yeah, it's unreal how cool it was. So those places, uh, maybe I'll put a link in the episode notes because yeah, those places are... I want to go again. I want to do the thing of just laying on the beach with absolutely nothing to do but read. And, and you know, for me... The funny thing is that I'm working there. You know, it's like when I'm laying on the beach, I'm not not working. I'm reading just as much as I read when I'm at home in my four walls. I'm researching for History on Fire. I'm taking notes. I'm writing. I was correcting exams for school. I was doing... So there was no... In one way, for me, it wasn't vacation because I was working the entire time. But I'm working, you know, 
laying there, eating ceviche, taking a swim in the Atlantic, going out, uh, writing something, correct. Totally different feeling, you know, it's like... So that in itself is like how work has changed and there are certain things you can do. You can choose where where you work and that makes a big... Like the online work, I cannot love it enough because <laughs> uh, it helps. It helps a lot being able to do that. Were you guys in Mexico? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was there the entire... Like I went the entire Thanksgiving week and a couple of extra days to avoid the... Horrendous return. And didn't have to deal with any turkey legs or anything? No, nada. Yeah, I was having uh, tuna ceviche on the beach kind of thing. That was swimming earlier in the day. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So that was a sweet... uh, No good ceviche in North Dakota. No, I don't think that's what you go for. I think good steaks, that's what you do, but that's about... Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that wouldn't fly. But you know one thing that strip is uh, a lot of people in that area... Uh, still speak Maya as an really? indigenous language. Yeah, like a ton of the population is ethnically Maya and still speak the language. Oh, that's awesome. So it was... Uh, and you get ruins around? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were ruins that we walk, I don't know, 45 minutes from where we were staying, mostly along the beach. And then we... <laughs> even then, <laughs> that's the difference in culture, right? So we're walking along the beach. We see the ruins. There are these famous ruins in Tulum that are built right on the on a cliff right on the beach. Oh, my God. Is If you ever seen um, Roberto Rodriguez's Planet Terror, yeah. at the end of that movie, there's a scene that's shot in Tulum that's and right there those, with those, those ruins. ruins. Yeah. And... Uh, and, you know, you walk, you walk, you walk, you get to this point and you're like, okay, we need to find our way inland to get to the track, to get into the ruins. And there's really not, there's no path to go inland. So we found this, uh, this place that they are building, who knows if it's a villa, a hotel or what. And, you know, it's a construction site. There are giant nails everywhere. There's open trenches. There's this and that. If in US, I I try to cut through that. Yeah. I think I would get shot in about three seconds because it would be like somebody's gonna sue you. It's dangerous. It's there would be a big fence around it for sure. And all the workers there, they were like, I was kind of looking at them like, is it cool we walk here? And they were like, sure, you know, it's your life. Just pay attention, you know, <laughs> just watch where the trenches are, watch where the stuff that's killed you is, and then you deal with it. You know, it's your choice. So they were totally cool. They were like, yeah, sure, climb on and. So we cut through and then made our way to uh, to the ruins. Man, that was awesome to look at. It's, and can you get in amongst them? Can you get them what? Are they, they're not they're not cut off. You just roll stroll through. No, I mean it's uh, you have to pay a ticket. But oh, it, is, okay, it was okay. uh, fairly cheap and. Uh, and it was great. Yeah, you walk around. There's uh, the whole place is taken over by iguanas. There are iguanas everywhere. And uh, but even that, it was interesting to see how the vibe of the place rub off on people, because even at the ruins, where of course there are some locals who will go there because it's fun, and uh, but a lot of it is tourists. Everybody's super nice. As soon as you stop and you're even thinking of taking a picture, there were like three people volunteering. Hey, you guys want to have your whole family together so you don't have to do dumb shit where you extend your arm out trying to do a <laughs> selfie. We'll take it for you. And everybody does it for each other in a heartbeat. And everybody's grateful. And I was like, man, this is nice. 
<clears throat> that was, and then the other one, there was another ruin where our friend uh, took us. That's most Maya ruins typically are in open spaces. This one is smack in the jungle. Oh, so wow. there was this very large complex. There were a ton of ruins. We walked for like an hour through them and there were one building and another and another. But it's full on in the jungle. I'm glad we had him because there's no clear path that you follow linearly. So he knew where to go. Otherwise, I think I would have gotten lost in 25 times. Wow. But okay, the only downside of that was jungle. So I got beat by wheat mosquito repellent. I got beat by probably 40 mosquitoes. Oh. I have 10 bites on my head. Like, what sick bastard bites your skull? You know what I mean? Thirsty? Yes. On my fingers. I have 10 each on each of my ankles. I have, so last few days, they are still, they all each at the same time. So that part has not been fun. And these, keep in mind, is the season where there are less mosquitoes. Well, at least there weren't snakes. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure, sure they were, but somewhere. we didn't have a close encounter. Oh, and of course, the other downside has been the obligatory Mexican experience, which is... Uh, Bad water? Uh, I mean, yeah, we were really careful. You know, you don't brush your teeth with that water. You do this, you do that. And in fact, I didn't catch it bad, but my stomach is still hating me a little bit. <laughs> it's just like I'm still a few days out. My stomach is like... Ugh. What have you done to yes, me? Yes, And, you know, who knows? Probably could be raw veggies that were washing the water so even if you are careful there's something he's got to sleep in and uh yeah that must be up a little so mosquitoes and the stomach less than happy everything else pretty awesome that's outstanding yeah yeah and again i don't want to romanticize so okay there are things that you look at and you're like that sucks you like, know like, like wild poverty there's oh man you see uh yeah there's poverty of course you see a ton of stray dogs oh yeah hungry and roaming the streets because they are not well taken care of nobody bothers to fix them so they have more stray it's it's pretty bad uh savannah wanted to adopt every one of them and um and that my favorite i mean this is so gross it pissed me off but you know it is what it is we saw this truck that's like the garbage truck. Uh-huh. It's the fucking garbage truck. It's designed to pick up garbage. And the guy, as he's driving, throws a bottle from the window, littering. And it's like, it's right in the back. It's literally what you do is pick up garbage. And he just throws it out the window. And, uh, <laughs> and you're like, man, what the fuck? He's fighting the power against himself. Yeah. So that, and you know, you do see stuff like that sometimes. You see peep spots in the jungle where everybody just dump crap. And uh, you're like, man, it really wouldn't take much to carry that fucking bottle with you until you find a place to throw it away. But so that was not cool. Thought about these ruins now. Are these ones that have obviously been exposed for a long time? Because I know they did those LIDAR laser research. Yeah. It's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I don't know these ones when they found them, but uh, they were built well over a thousand years ago. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's pretty wild. Well, how big, I mean, before we came and got everybody infected, they were some of the biggest populations in the world. Oh, yeah. 
the Mongols. Now, one thing that's trippy about it when you see the ruins is that what we see today is clearly not the way they look because one, they were painted. Yes. So the whole thing was bright colors, uh, and reds. paintings everywhere. So it, the experience would have been very different. And also, we see the base essentially. We're seeing the foundations of the building, or right. maybe the even if it goes up top, there was usually a house made uh, or a temple or something built with wood, palm leaves, things like that. So what you're seeing is the base of a house. You're not seeing what was built on top of it. Wow. So that's also a difference. That's why it's hard to picture sometimes. You know, it's uh, you do see it, you see the exact places where people live, but also it's so different that it's hard to fully imagine. Yeah, the LACMA had a great display. This is probably eight, nine years ago now. But you could see in the pits of of the, the pieces of the buildings they brought, you could see that yellow paint still in there. Oh, that's awesome. That. It was just like, wow, this whole thing was lit up and ready to go. That's why, to me, where whether it's AI, whether it's a video game kind of graphics, whether it's uh, with CGI, but like I really like when people recreate what something realistically may have looked like because it gives you, it's kind of like the reason why I love playing Assassin's Creed or some of the historical video games, right? Because you, you get a sense of what it may have been like. Like when we were in... Venice this summer and uh, then you play Assassin's Creed and you see that corner right there is where we stood in Venice but then of course it's shown in a way that is recognizable but it also would look more like what it was 500 years ago wow and uh, that's stuff I really love because it adds an element that your imagination can only go so far and it's really beautiful when they add those uh, things that give you a sense of place. Well, and just think about the like more distant stuff. Like it was the moche, was like everything was oh, yeah, yeah. purely made out of mud brick. Yep. But yep. huge yep. mounds of it, yep. all of it dissolved away in a way. But I mean, our fingerprints stay for a long time. Yep. In the Maya case, I think they were around. Uh, as a civilization, they resisted colonization much longer because they were in the jungle. So it was much harder to find them and colonize because you had to go through jungle and mosquitoes and fever and all of that. And so it was, uh, they resisted a lot longer. They had long standing major rebellions, even down to the late 1800s. Oh, and wow. So they had, uh, I mean, in some ways, even when you look at like, what was going on in Chiapas just a few years ago with the Zapatistas. That's, that was exactly it, my next question. It's basically the continuation of the same thing. It's the same folks. You know? Yeah. Cartel troubles? Any worry about that? Not there. Because it's just too rural? They don't care? I'm sure there are. Um, probably they don't want to spoil the touristy places because uh, then I think really the government shoots you if you do that. It's more like you shoot each other somewhere else. It's cool. Maybe not right here in the middle. Of course, like anything, you need to know where you're going. Of course. You know, it's like um, Pablo's brother, uh, who owned, he's the one who owned the hotel. He was telling me of uh, like when he was a kid, uh, like a teenager going out to a club, uh, dancing. And he said, before I do, I'm dancing with this girl. And suddenly there are like 15 guns pointed at my head. Wrong girl. Because, yeah, I was dancing with like a cartel leader's girlfriend. And the funny thing is that he was friends. One of his classmates was the son of the president of Mexico. Oh, my. And so 
there are 15 guns on this side and in about 0.2 seconds there are 15 guns pointing at the cartel guys and he say one of these guys because they were all the detail protecting his friend <laughs> and they just grabbed him drag him out and he was like okay this is over but he was like yeah and I'd not been with that guy I would have been dead because <sighs> yeah they don't take too kindly to that no no and you know of course there's shit like that there's uh, scams everywhere there's um, like we are trying to rent a car and I'm so glad we didn't because the driving situation was pretty rough <sighs> But so I'm really glad that we had our friend drive us around when we didn't hang out on the beach. Oh, that has to make it easier. Oh, so much easier, not even close. But like, and uh, the car place we ride, like we look at the price and it was so cheap. And we're like, this is awesome. And then like the day before we look at the fine print and he's like, yeah, and you need to leave a $10,000 deposit. And then somebody was telling me, yeah, what they do is like, you leave this giant deposit, then you come back, you say, oh, there's a bump on that side, you owe me $2,000. And uh, so that was one of the scams. Uh, oh my God. The second we got our feet off the plane, in the plane lands in Cancun. Uh, they are building an airport in Tulum, but it's not. So in Cancun, like, three steps later, somebody was like, oh, who's your driver? Where are you going? Oh, Go to this guy, he's gonna help you. It has nothing to do with the driver. He's a guy who's tried to sell you a package to go to visit the ruins in Chichen Itza. And do so you had to cross and... the, the country to get to the Atlantic? I mean, no, no, because uh, uh, Cancun is also on the Atlantic, but it's just further north. It's, uh, it's maybe about an hour and a half north of Tulum, but it's still on the coast. I was thinking of Cabo. Hello, wrong coast. Yeah, Tulum, Cancun, the place where we're is like the part of Mexico at the very bottom, close to Belize, well, close to Guatemala. Yeah, that is Maya Central. Yeah, the one that's protruding toward Cuba, toward the Atlantic. That's in fact actually when Cortes arrived in 1519, mm -hmm. he first arrived in an island that was, I don't know, I think 20 miles north of Tulum. So it's right there. It's, my, it's where the whole Gonzalo Guerrero that I always go off that story about <laughs> takes place is right in this area. So it's, uh, yeah, it's Maya country in, uh, in the south, of, in the extreme south of Mexico. I'll never forget another part of that exhibit is um, they would date their sculptures. Mm -hmm. And this dude made this, I don't know, like snake, like, but like a big coiled snake, maybe three feet across, perfect. You see the scales in it and everything, and it was dated 1519. It was like the last thing they yeah. made before yeah, of the course. Spanish showed up. Exactly. Yeah, that's when things goes to shit. But uh, let's see, what else do I... Oh, yeah, you were, uh, before we are recording, you were asking me about the cenotes. The... That's what I was really wondering about. <clears throat> so the cenotes are a trippy thing. Basically, the soil in Yucatan is extremely... I think the correct word is porous. Porous, yes. Yep. So... You don't have rivers in uh, in not well. Actually, that's not Yucatan. It's Quintana Roo, but it's right next to it. Is in this area you don't really get major rivers. I mean, it, you do, but very rare. For the most part, what happens is the rain falls. It created over time like holes in the ground, almost like wells. And you have these. They either can look like a well, where you have like a twenty foot drop from the surface to the water. Or you have it where it does look more like a little lake, uh, where it's a little more surface level. But basically, it's like, yeah, there are holes created by the rain where you go swim and you go... And they are all over the place, right? There are hundreds of cenotes around. Tulum is 
filled with spots which unless you know where you're going you don't see them you're driving along and oh yeah don't even register like, it and of course our friend knew them all so we went and he took us to swim in a few of them different ones you know from the yeah surface lake kind of thing to this deep hole in the ground where you dive and luckily there's a ladder to climb back up <laughs> otherwise it would be a problem or but nobody was sacrificed well, that's, I think, how I should shut the fuck up sometimes because uh, he's at the savannah were like, this is so beautiful. I love swimming in the cenotes. And I was like... Don't mind the 700 skeletons. Yeah, you know how many people got <laughs> sacrificed here, right? And he was like, fuck, now we're swimming with the ghosts and stuff. <laughs> They're having to see you in the daytime. Yeah. But uh, no, beautiful places, insanely. And the and water full of is fish and, yeah. and vegetation all swirling around there at the same time. Yeah, the fish bites. Oh, the fish they bite you. <laughs> there are like the little tiny fish that are the ones that you stick your feet in and they eat all the dead skin kind of thing. Excellent, Thank that's you, what is fun. And that once in a while you're there swimming and you feel like, ow, what the fuck was that? The piranha. And, uh, no, they aren't, <laughs> but you know, they get a taste and they are like, let's check it out. Let's see how this tour is. The oh Italian food, yummy. <laughs> it's, uh, but uh, no, and the water is really warm. Like oh, ridiculously wow. warm, so you're like, you know, you jump in and you're like, this is nothing. There's nothing. Uh, so that was an experience too. The Sonatas was fantastic. You guys clearly find the awesome jumping spots wherever you go because your North Dakota visits are covered in water trip. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, guess you can't do that in December. No, definitely. I mean, you can, I guess, if you <laughs> if you want to be. <laughs> I saw, uh, you remember George St. Pierre, the mm -hmm. USC fight? Uh, he had an Instagram post lately where he's uh, among the Cree people, you know, native people of Canada. Uh -huh. And these guys have set up a polar plunge for him where oh. they essentially dug the ground in the middle of ice until it's watery. And GSP dive scene because he's a real man. <laughs> but yeah, that does not look like my idea of fun. No, he would feel that for a month. Yeah. yeah Waiting for yeah. your bones to unchill. You know, I've actually done recently a couple of cold plunges. They were interesting. <clears throat> I mean, I done them the wimpy way because I did them having a sauna first. Mm -hmm. So you're hot as hell. And so going into a cold plunge does not feel as traumatic and terrified as it does when you are just going cold. Sure. But, I mean, it's still... Well, in a different temperature shift, too, for sure. Yeah, it's still mess you up. It's still... Uh, oddly enough, the legs are the part that hurt the most. Like, if you can keep your legs out and you throw the... Even if you throw your head under, you're fine. The legs tend to... You makes you feel more and if you move your body you feel it 10 times more if you're staying still it's a little easier Whew. but it was an experience you know honestly after a sauna not as bad I'm sure without the sauna I would kick my ass horrendously but after a sauna I was uh, Savannah was laughing the first day I did it because she said I came home and I was ridiculously energetic oh yeah she was like what did you take? What substances? Because I was like, nothing, honestly. Just, I was like, energy, go do this, that. I was like, wow, it is kind of a weird high. What a, now, is that a big bin full of ice? Is it actually a, a tank of some kind? This one is a guy, uh, 
I know here in Ohio that I met and I was uh, teaching him jujitsu for free just as a friendly thing. We hang out. I'll teach him a little. And uh, the guy clearly does not badly with money. So he invited me to his place and the setup that he had for the, for the ice bath is essentially this machine that regulates it for you at the temperature the entire time. Wow. Self-cleaning, you name it, you know. So it was a pretty sweet deal. Uh, you can do it with just a big time. The, the problem with the ice is that you have to buy a ton of ice each time. So that's a little bit of a pain in the ass. But otherwise, yeah, that's the same concept. Or, I mean, just wait until December and swim in the ocean. <laughs> and, uh, and it's pretty damn cold. Yeah, I still do. I still cut the water to cold when I'm in the shower. That's it's nothing on that scale, though. But no, but that's... I, I do like it. it does, you do get a charge out of it, for sure. Yeah, I struggle with that. I'm not... You know what's weird I don't is, look forward to it. Yeah. But when I do it, there's just something about... Yeah, it's just that, that blast... I think it's just a wake up. Like you're in cold water. I think there's a some sort of panic response that comes with mm. bad to be in cold water. So even though you don't like it, you like how it makes you feel. Yeah, interesting. I mean, I guess it's the, exactly the same concept. Is uh, and just like it's like damn, this is cold. Not like this yeah. is a horrible thing. I struggle with. It's weird. Like Savannah, if you put her in uh, any weather that's less than seventy degrees, she starts freezing. freezing. Mm -hmm. But you throw her in icy water and she's a monk. She doesn't even skip a beat in her breathing or her face doesn't change and it's freaky, right? Wow. I can take pretty cold uh, outside temperature. I don't mind. I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Put me in cold water and I shrivel in three seconds. I'm like, ah, I'm gonna die. You know? So it's weird. It's, they are both cold, but different kinds of cold. How long would you take that plunge? Oh man, uh, I think I did uh, one time. I did a minute. One thing. Uh, one time I did thirty seconds. You're supposed to do at least two minutes, but I'm like, I'm gonna build my way up to it. <laughs> you know, let's uh, let's work there. I, thirty seconds to a minute, I felt good. I was like, I don't know that I would have kept feeling good if I stayed another minute in, but um, but you know, I'll slowly. If I get to do it again, I'll slowly work my way up. Your nuts will be gone for a month. Yeah, yeah. They climb back <laughs> in in every, yes. I'm not coming back out. Yeah, I think I ordered, I used the word shriveling earlier. Yeah, that definitely applies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That all sounds fantastic. Yeah. But, oh, going back to the Mexico stuff, a couple of things I want to throw at you. So, one, um, we have to get, uh, I think, my friend Pablo, uh, who's... Um, He's gonna. He's probably gonna come up to visit at some point. Oh, that would be awesome. And we can record a podcast with him. By the way, he's a incredible musician. Oh wow! He, we got to see him play most nights because he was coming to the hotel to play uh, sets every night, and uh, it was just a one man show. And man, was he good. Wow. He's funny too because he said at one point he was doing uh, kind of Mexican pop, and he was hitting pretty well he had over a million views on youtube or something wow but he said a it was killing my soul because i was like ah, i'm not that into that kind of music <laughs> like i had fun i was there, but it's not what i do for and then the other part is <clears throat> you know i'm 39 years old uh, is that's a younger genre you know to hit it big uh, i don't fit the profile well 
So now he does his stuff and he enjoys it more. And is, uh, but uh, yeah, incredible musician, really fun. And there's a joke that he told us that I'll give you guys the sneak preview, but you have to hear it with him with heavy Mexican accent because that's the way. Yeah, we can have a great battle of the accents podcast because his <laughs> accent is about as thick as mine. So we are. But he told me this story about, I think it was his cousin who was studying in Canada. And he had to do a, it was a speech class where you have to talk about the culture you're from or something. And there's a little bit of a cultural misunderstanding there because there's a word in Spanish, molestar. Ah. Molestar means uh, like you have it on the hotel, like uh, as do not disturb. It's like it means disturb. It means mess around. It means tease. It means it has that meaning. But it doesn't mean molest? No. So when the guy was uh, giving this his speech to the... Your molestar will be by one later. Too. Exactly. So the guy is giving his speech to this class in Canada. Like he say, you know, part of my culture is that, I don't know, it's also part of how I am. I molest everyone in my family. Oh. I molest my father. I molest my sister. I molest... Uh, he, he goes on for a while and like the eyes get wider and wider and the teacher is like, what is he saying? And then he's like, no, 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 but don't worry. They all molest me too. <laughs> <laughs> I was dying when he told me the this. The family that molests together stays together. Yeah, I, I was like, Talk about a cultural misunderstanding oh my God. where the words just do, a word do not mean the same. Oh my God, that's fantastic! Yeah, <laughs> I mean, occasionally, yeah, some of those are funny when it happened. Like, I had, I remember I was trying to talk after I'd been living in the US for a while, so the words in Italian weren't coming up to my mind. <laughs> and I was talking to somebody and telling them, Ah, you know, I hate that place because there are, uh, um, I said. In Italian, basically the equivalent of there are so many preservatives in the salad, right? Preservative in Italian means condom. So they were looking at me like, they put what in their salad? That's just weird. Why do I was like, oh no, no, that's not what I meant. But what a great word for that. Yeah. No language (laughs) is uh, preserving yourself and yourself. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of language, we got a master class in flirting for Pablo. Ooh. God, he's good. That guy. I mean, he told us a story which confirmed our suspicion that he's a 10th degree black belt in flirting. Well, he's a musician to begin with, so. Of once, on a plane, seeing this lady several seats ahead of him, so he's not sitting next to her, he gets up, she's sitting by the window, so he has to reach over two people start flirting with her sure enough they end up in a brief summer fling and i was like how the fuck do you pull that off under some, those circumstances some got it yeah i was like and then i saw even when he's not trying like we are in the car and he's calling his wife the way he's hola bonita i was like Oh my God, you got me going, you know, <laughs> this is so good. This is just how you say hello, Jesus Christ. That was impressive. So pretty much our entire flight back, me, Savannah, and these were trying to copy his Hola Bonita to who got the closest to the level of insane seductive ability. That seems like a good thing to practice. Yeah, we were, but as he warned us, he's like, 
use it carefully. It's a superpower. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful what you ask for. Yes, yes. Uh, watch, uh, watch the context you use it in. It's almost too good. That's all absolutely fantastic. But yeah, man, what a fantastic human being. I'm going to put a link to his uh, Instagram, the new one, because he yeah, had the old poppy one. He had a ton of following. He just started a new one for his music just very recently. I'll put a link. He's, uh, uh, I believe it's the name on Instagram is Red Monk Official. Red Monk Official. But I'll put the link in the episode notes. And uh, I love that guy. He's really just was... Uh, I love the trip. I love Mexico, the food, the place. But him and his family were... I cannot say enough good things about them. Such good people. So fun to hang around. His wife was amazing, super sweet. He said that when we were leaving, she was so sad that we were leaving that she... She says she went on a coping shopping trip where she went to just buy a bunch of candies for us. Just, you know, weird Mexican candies yeah, that really. are that you definitely don't get in the States that are awesome. And she did that as a, I have to do something because I'm annoyed that they are leaving. I'm sad they are leaving. So let's get them something. And so sweet. Ridiculously sweet. Think you'd ever live down there? Um... Is that a little too Mexican? Maybe down in Baja? I don't know. I mean, of course, I, I've, whatever, I've been there 10 days. What do I know? You yeah. Know? It's like I have no idea what day-to-day life feels like, what anything, you know. So it was, uh, I had a blast. Uh, definitely like some aspects of the culture. Um, but I don't know, I think, you know. No, I'm the same. I just, there's a lot of people seem to be moving to Baja. And, yeah. Because it's affordable. I mean, you know, honestly, if I'm going to move out of US, I probably live in Italy again. That seems to make sense. I would, uh, I wouldn't mind. I would. There. Are, I mean, again, everywhere you go, there's stuff you gain and stuff you lose. You just have to figure out where the balance is for you, which which balance works the best for you, and uh, and go accordingly. Because you're gonna find crap everywhere, right? That's, yeah, that's for sure. And I have no doubt that I spend enough days in Tulum and they are going to see more and more of, you know, the guy, the garbage truck throwing the bottle out or things that make me sad or bother me or annoy me. That's a given. But the good stuff is fantastic for sure. That's a delight. Yeah. What do you, what places in the, if you were like, I want to go to one place in the world, what would be the spot where you want to see? I think the highest on my list has always been to go. I always say Madrid just because mm-hmm. that sounds exotic and awesome. But uh, what's the city that's never been bombed? Prague. Huh. I've always told Prague is it's untouched by the world wars. They say that Prague is insanely. I've never been. They say it's insanely beautiful. That one, yeah. That's one I've always wanted to see just to see it. I mean, just think about the architecture there that has to stretch through two centuries. Yeah, yeah. For I mean, it's two dead two millennia. Yeah, yeah. No, it's everybody I heard that, that has gone there said that it's an unbelievable city. It's um, it's funny that you mention a city because for me, I like is often is like I want to go here, I want to go there, and there are cities that I'm like, wow. Like I don't care. I want to see nature primarily. Sure, but. Um, not that there's anything wrong with cities. There can be fantastic cities, and Prague is definitely high on the list of everybody who say it's a beautiful place. But to me, I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to walk around the city. I want to see the Black Hills. I want to sit by the lake. I want to be by the beach. I want to... 
that kind of thing is my stuff. You're you're heading more for the. Well, I've got all of Europe to see. I've never seen any of it. Yeah. So that's. I mean. Yeah, that's I think that's a pretty big list. I, I mean, think I you think answered a, a Eurorail pass in six months. I would be a happy person. I, I think you answered the question Rome. right there. Is like I grew up around in Italian cities, so yeah. I'm like, oh great, another city. Who cares? But if you've never been, of course, it's a whole. No, and I know everybody's. You know, they say Rome is crowded, but I'd do anything to go see the Colosseum and all yeah. those incredible things. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and Greece is the same idea. And, yeah, you know, now I know Croatia, incredible things. Yep, it's just I don't know. I mean, I even love. places like, and they are touristy and crowded, but even if you go to Amsterdam, that's all oh, built yeah. on canals, it's trippy. You know, there's something that if you have never seen, is beautiful. Um, Venice itself, you know, it's tourist trap, but two days in Venice are fantastic, you know. It's, yeah, there are so many beautiful places in the world. And lots of invitations. I think even Berlin would probably be a must-see. Right. Paris, of course. But I've always wanted, you know, got to go to Scotland. That's where my people are from. You know, it's funny. I never got to, see, like most of Europe, even though it's right there, yeah. I never got to see. And here is why. Because the cost of hotels and food and stuff, uh, it would add up for me, especially because, again, growing up, we really had no money. So it would add up quick enough. Oh, yeah. They're like, a week traveling around the cities in Europe would be a month by the beach in Italy kind of thing. Sure. And so, of course, I'll do a month by the beach in Italy. Or if you're really saving up money for a trip, the only time I travel as a kid, I did actually only one, two big trips. And I did one coming to California before I moved here and Arizona and like one going to Mexico when I was 11 years old. Because the idea was like, okay, we're going to go to a place that's unlike anything you've ever seen. You're not going to Switzerland or something. You're going across the globe and see things you've never seen. So that's the stuff that my mom saved for years to be able to do a trip like that. What was your U.S. trip? Uh, U.S. trip was mainly L.A. Actually, I stopped in New York, which I don't like. Uh, L.A. And, uh, and Arizona going to Grand Canyon. Oh, yeah. Those were the spots. Grand Canyon is pretty nice. And that was awesome and weird because it was a different culture. And then look where I ended up living. I guess it influenced me. The perception I had of LA, I was like, oh, California is awesome. So, you know, I ended up living here. But yeah, those were, the, and Mexico too is like, because of the no money, I was telling my, I was telling Pablo the kind of trip I did, he was laughing his ass off because he was like, man, you've seen Mexico in the roughest way I've ever heard of anybody. <laughs> because uh, we did, we landed in Mexico City, we went south and we'll see a lot. We stayed 28 days, wow. a lot of Mexico, but the whole thing was in crappy, insanely hot buses and okay up in this bus for six hours and travel as you're sweating your ass off in every which way and the mexican buses that like my experiences you know this is where i got to make pablo laugh because they were i remember a guy uh tying up uh, i think he was a goat to the top of the bus a live one that would then be brought down at the end. <laughs> I remember a bus stopping in the middle of a road, in the middle of nowhere, for no reason, and looking at the clock, and we're like, what the hell? 
and a plane lands on one side of the road, crosses the road, and goes to the other side because the road went through a landing. Oh my god. And my favorite was a bus where there was a, a nest of wasps inside. Wasps that were about two inches long. And luckily, because, you know, first day of Mexico, I was like, I was scared. Well, it didn't help that my mom, in order to save money, she went for like economical hotel, which turned out to be mostly a brothel. Oh, wow. So we were in this room with get a discount, cockroaches and stuff. And in the next door, there was a hooker with three drunk guys. And, and I still laugh her ass off to this day because she remembered that I was like frozen in my bed, scared. <laughs> and like at one point, it's 3 a.m. We're just waiting for morning to get out. And I said, uh, why doesn't my mom take me to vacation to Switzerland? You know, like, why does it have to be crazy adventure? But, you know, first day you see a cockroach, you freak out. By day, whatever. You're singing the song. This thing landed on my ear. I didn't even turn. My mom was like, whoa, that's a twinch wasp on his ear. <sighs> I literally, I was so sweaty and tired and days and days of this. I didn't care about anything. I just crumbled it in my hand, somehow managed not to get stung. And that was that. Which Was it? Any sort of destinations, or are you just roaming yeah, from place to place? Yeah, my mom had this old uh, itinerary plan, but yeah, it was done on no budget. It was done on like staying at really cheap as places, traveling. Early eighties, uh, eighty-five. What was Mexico City like? That was actually right before this giant earthquake rock Mexico City. Yeah, I think it was in yeah. September of eighty-five, and I think we were there in, I think in August either July or August. So that was nuts. Mexico City was, I mean, it's a giant metropolis. It's pretty wild. Yeah, like it's 50 uh, million people. But even that, talk about the culture, right? Speaking of buses. So I'm on one bus. I'm getting out of the bus. Driver doesn't see me, closes the door on me. And these were not the door with the nice plasticky thing. It's just pure metal and it crashes my arm and I, it fucking hurts. I'm 11 years old and I'm like... And he opens, and there are these two Mexican ladies just start yelling at the driver, berating him on the, hey, you, you dumbasses. And, and then the ladies grabbed me and my mom, and they took us to the corner store and to give us, to give us ice cream. I'm like, how nice is that? They, they were random ladies on the bus who got off because they saw a kid getting hurt, and they feel bad, mm. and they buy me ice cream. Mexican ice cream is good. Yeah. And and how kind is that? I mean, how sweet is a, as a thing to do, you know? I don't know. That just seems so opposite. Yeah, so I was like, this is awesome. This is sweet. But yeah, that's my 1985 experience of Mexico. It was a tad on the rough end of things. Wow. So it was uh, pretty interesting. 40 years ago. Yeah. Getting there. Yeah, almost. Almost. Unbelievable. I remember chatting with a guy, middle of the jungle, middle of nowhere, where um, there's this lake, and uh, the guy's working in the only restaurant in this middle of absolutely nothing. And he said, you know, about eight hours, this is all in Spanish, right? But he's like, eight hours before my shift, I take some mushrooms, I put my mask on, I dive in the lake, 
And then I spend a few hours swimming with mermaids and things because he's having these wild visions as he's uh, swimming around. <laughs> and then, you know, I get out, I take a shower, and then I put my uniform on and I go work in the restaurant. And, uh, and he's telling this to an 11 year old, which also was pretty funny. But uh, I'm still trying to find the mermaids. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty hilarious. That's completely awesome. Yeah. So. I still have my stomach fucked up. The mosquitoes are killing me still, but man, it was worth it. Was the ceviche your favorite thing or was there something even more? Ceviche was amazing. And at Diamante, the hotel, they had this restaurant where they they made this, uh, what they call Caribbean risotto. Ooh. They put a bunch of seafood in it and the risotto was unreal how good it was so but honestly we haven't had a single bad meal the whole time oh yeah it was all fantastic but no reason to go try to find the indian place in mexico yeah i mean i'm a lot of the the, the restaurant where oh yeah i know it's like you know we did uh we actually did have thai one day for the hell of it and it was fantastic too because uh i bet well just the ingredients got to be great. You're down in farm country. Down yeah, there. yeah, yeah. So, and actually the chef was Thai. They were the people, like the waiters and stuff, they were uh, they were Mexicans, but the restaurant was authentic Thai. And it was great. It was fantastic. So a poorer culture, money-wise, but much more wealthy the way they take care of each other. Yeah. the The human relationship aspect of it all, keep in mind, first impression. I'm sure there are layers you uncover when you live there that Certainly. changes. But first impression was unreal how nice people were to one another. In, uh, in a, if they like you, the level of hospitality, the level of, uh, oh, you're my new friend, uh, three minutes later kind of thing is very impressive. So that was my Mexican adventure. Adios, everyone. <laughs> Well, that wonderful Mexican anthem means that's the end of another fine episode of the Drunken Dallas Podcast. That sounds like a little bit too much fun. Yeah, I think. I mean, uh, we paid ever since we came back. Uh, uh, Isabella got COVID because I think she was all knocked out by... uh, She had a blast, but, you know, travel, it takes a toll on you and stuff. So she was on the weak side. So, you know, we paid a little price, but hey, totally worth it. Any nice tequilas while you were down there? No, I actually soberly stayed away. However, some of the deepest philosophical questions of my day around 3 p.m., um, I would be like, huh, in a few hours, is it going to be piña colada or mojito? What mm. should I do? That's a tough choice. Yeah, good problems to have. There's probably some nice rum down there, too. Yeah, there's all sorts of amazing stuff. But... Well, that just sounds fantastic. One day I, too, will have a vacation. <laughs> I was I was I was serious about You're that. Dead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be the day. Anyway, everybody, it's uh, the holiday time, and I hope everybody has a good holiday of your your favorite uh, persuasion. And thanks for hanging out. I guess we'll see you in twenty twenty four. Little did they know, no one would make it to twenty twenty four. Right. It's Would you like to hear a terrible story? Yes, always. One day the rod shall teach you.
Good shit. R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N and the numeral one. And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Dallas Podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as they come out. You can keep track of Danielli at dbolelli. That's D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. And you can find me on Twitter at Richimon1. R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N and the numeral one. We'll see you all soon. Woo!